Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Truebill. Get control of your subscriptions at truebill.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is a Mac Voices briefing on the MacBook Pro 16-inch with the M1 Max chip. I'm sure you're wondering why I'm publishing a briefing several months after the computer was released. There's still a great deal of interest in this machine. There's still a great deal of discussion among potential users about which chip do you get. Do you get the Pro? Do you get the Max? Um, Should you get the 16-inch? Should you get the 14-inch? So I thought rather than do a typical review, because you can find all kind of specs and everything else uh, from a technical standpoint out there on the internet, that I would talk a little bit about my impressions and my first couple months of using this machine and maybe give you some hints or some ideas and things to think about if you're in the market for one. So first, let's talk about what I actually purchased. As I indicated in the introduction, I started out with the MacBook Pro 16-inch uh, with the M1 Max chip. That's 10 cores CPU, 32 core GPU, 32 gigabytes of unified memory, and one terabyte of storage. Then I opted to increase the storage to 64 gigs of RAM and two terabytes of storage. So in other words, I maxed out everything except the storage. If I have any regrets about this, the only small one is that maybe I should have gone a little bit bigger on the internal storage, uh, but that can be pretty easily remedied by plugging in an external USB-C or Thunderbolt drive. So that was not necessarily a bad decision, and it saved a little bit of money on an already very expensive machine. Why did I go 16 inches? This is something that drives me a little crazy. Uh, so many people say, oh, it's, it's, it's so heavy, it's so heavy. Well, this is not a machine you're buying necessarily to tote with you everywhere. If you want a machine that you can tote everywhere and is still very, very powerful, you know, get one of the MacBook Airs. This is a machine that, especially if you're asking for 16 inches of screen real estate, and you all know that I love screen real estate, uh, this is one that you're going to carry and sit down for a little while, then carry, sit down for a little while. Um, And I know that at some point, I will be back out doing a lot more moving around than we all are right now. And I want that screen real estate. The extra weight really doesn't bother me that much because first of all, I'm going to be carrying it in my backpack. And second, well, that's what all this fitness stuff is all about, right? The maximum RAM um, is something that I did on my last MacBook Pro, the one before the M1, and it definitely improved performance because I tend to keep a lot of applications open. We'll talk a little bit more about um, one particular benefit I'm seeing from that, or at least I think I'm seeing from that, uh, that may or may not be the case. But at, at the end of the day, the decisions you have to make in configuring this uh, laptop are going to last you for a long time not just because of the price, but also just because of the fact that you cannot upgrade these laptops short of plugging things into the Thunderbolt ports. So even if you have to wait a little while and set aside just a little more money, make sure you get exactly what you want for what you're trying to do. The very first thing I bought for this MacBook Pro was a hard shell case. It's something I do with all of my laptops. I want that hard shell case so that they don't get scratched up or cosmetically damaged going in and out of my backpack or sitting on my desk when something, you know, pushes up against it or whatever. Um, I know these are tough little machines, but I like to keep them as pristine as possible, especially uh, in order to get trade-in value or resale value. 
And it's a pretty cheap investment from where I sit uh, to put a hard shell case on. It does not add that much bulk, and it definitely does not add that much weight, but it definitely adds a great deal of cosmetic protection. I had to wait a couple weeks uh, to be able to get this, but I picked the one from Usewell, mainly because it was the first thing on the market. And I've been very, very happy with it. It went on easily. It stays on. It gives you all the protection you need. And also, it does not block any of the ports in any way, shape, or form. So I can highly recommend this if you want to give your MacBook Pro a little extra protection. So from a physical standpoint, this MacBook Pro is definitely less sleek than previous models. And that's okay. The edges are just a little sharper. Um, it has a little more weight to it. But that is more than made up for in the fact that you have an amazing amount of battery life and also some of the other ports that have now returned to the MacBook Pro. So I would tell you that within a week of carrying it around after I got the shell, of course, um, within a week, I didn't even notice anymore. I don't think, hey, this, this edge feels sharper. No, it's, it's just fine. So don't let uh, any of those things uh, bother you or keep you from buying this machine. If there is one thing I miss on this computer, though, it's the touch bar. I know a lot of folks uh, were very unhappy with the touch bar. I know it was not well adopted by Apple, and now it appears to be pretty much dead. But I found it very useful, especially scrolling through videos, um, but also the ability to have different things up on that touch bar uh, and have it morph into whatever you needed it to be as long as the program supported it, which a lot did not. So I'm getting used uh, to that extra row of keys again. But yeah, I wouldn't mind having a touch bar option uh, in the future. The other big difference here is the ports. Of course, you have three Thunderbolt ports. That's one less than I had on my previous MacBook Pro. But I gained the MagSafe connector. I gained the HDMI uh, port. I gained the SD card slot, which I really don't use in any significant fashion. Um, the MagSafe connector works exactly as advertised. It will keep you from dragging your computer off your desk should you trip over the power cord. Fortunately, I already had an OWC Thunderbolt dock that I was able to connect, and it charges the laptop slowly, but it does maintain the charge unless I'm really just doing something super CPU intensive. So I have not had to rely necessarily on the MagSafe but that does take up one of the Thunderbolt ports, leaving me only two. So again, though, because it is a, a dock, um, I have a number of other ports on that dock. And of course, if you really have a need for a lot of ports, you can get a second OWC Thunderbolt dock. I've also had great luck with the Anchor Thunderbolt dock as well. So still lots of connectivity options here. And I still like the fact that uh, that those USB-C and Thunderbolt ports are so versatile and you can plug anything into them to turn them into anything you want, including more ports. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Truebill. Get control of your subscriptions at truebill.com slash macvoices. The easiest way to save money is not to spend it. The second easiest way to save money is not to waste it on subscriptions that you don't really want or forgot about. That's where Truebill comes in. Truebill helps you see all your subscriptions in one place, keep the ones you want, and cancel the ones you don't, right from within the app. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. No arguing with humans, no difficult conversations. 
If you're suffering from the way too many subscriptions syndrome, there's a way out, and you don't even have to talk to anyone. Let Truebill do the work and set you free. Average users save $720 a year using Truebill. That's like found money. Start canceling your unused subscriptions at Truebill.com slash MacVoices. Go right now, Truebill.com slash MacVoices. It could save you thousands. Truebill.com slash MacVoices. Thanks to Truebill for their support of Mac Voices. Before the MacBook Pro arrived, I decided that I would do a clean install of all my applications on the new machine. That way, I would minimize any problems transferring from the Intel Mac over to the M1 Mac. And that theory lasted about two and a half days. A clean install takes a lot longer than you realize. Uh, Not only are you reinstalling the applications, but you're also having to enter all the serial numbers. You're having to then set the preferences, get them exactly right. And of course, there are those pesky security settings that everything seems to require. Um, No matter how how easily you think that's going to happen, uh, it takes time. At the end of two and a half days, I thought, you know, this is crazy. I just, I really want to get back and and run this machine. And if I have to do another reinstall later, I will. So I took the MacBook Pro back to factory settings, reset everything, and decided to try my migration assistant. Before doing that, though, I ran Mac Updater on my old MacBook Pro to make sure that all of the applications were as up-to-date as I could get them. And that worked out really well um, because it it will go through, it will tell you what needs to be updated, um, versions as well as just um, less than 0.1 updates. So I had everything as up-to-date as I could get it, had the system software as up-to-date as I could get it, and Migration Assistant transferred over. It was done in less than an hour, and it was seamless. Now, of course, I still had to go through some of those security settings uh, when the programs launched on the new machine. And that was annoying, but we all know that that annoying means that you're safe uh, or safer. So that was not a big problem. Uh, had absolutely tr- no trouble, though, um, with the migration assistant. Everything transferred over properly. Uh, there were one or two applications that would no longer run on the M1, even though I had them updated to the most current version. That's fine. Just keep a list of those and trash the old versions and move on. And since then, it has been smooth sailing. Um, I have not had any trouble with this MacBook Pro. From the performance standpoint, this machine is staggering. As you know, I do a lot of video work, and that entails a lot of um, heavy-duty stress on the processors. And again, no, with no fan noise, I'm seeing just amazing improvements. I've been running some uh, video upscaling software from Topaz on the Mac Voices Live files because they are relatively low resolution coming out of Zoom, and I'm trying to boost them up and make them a little more uh, enjoyable for you to watch. Those and, and this was not practical for the M1 because taking only one of those files, and usually it generates two uh, to do that show, taking one of those files could take a day, a day and a quarter, literally a day, a day and a quarter to render out. With this machine, it's an overnight process. It's 11, 11 to 13 hours, depending on exactly how long the file is. Now, that's still a long time, but again, I can do it overnight and it doesn't tie the machine up. What's more interesting to me, though, is that I can continue to use the machine and really not notice that there's anything going on in the background and not really appreciably increasing that render time. My other machine, 
if it if it had been doing that video upscaling, I would have pretty much had to dedicate it to just doing the video upscaling and nothing else, because uh, the to say the performance would be laggy would be being kind. Uh, with this one, I can continue working and let that run in the background if I'm staying up late, um, or I can just set it overnight and let it run. Uh, the normal video encoding for the Mac Voices shows to uh, to get them down to a manageable level to upload to YouTube and Vimeo. Um, that used to take oh, a good hour to an hour and 20 minutes, again, depending on the length of the show. Now it's down to about 15 minutes. So that's the kind of performance increase I'm seeing for those particular tasks. Now, if you're running a spreadsheet, you, know, you might be running a monster spreadsheet. Maybe it would make a difference there. Of course, word processors don't run any faster. Um, some of the graphics programs, certainly at the level I use them, um, they might feel a little snappier, but they are not, uh, I'm not seeing appreciable improvements on that. But again, that's the way I use my machine. You may use yours quite a bit differently. And I think that you will be shocked at the performance uh, of this. I mentioned the, the lack of uh, laggy performance when using different applications. I'm not sure if this has to do with the 64 gigs of RAM, but my old machine had 64 gigs of RAM in it, and I still ha had that issue here. I do not have it at all under any circumstances. No matter how much I have open, no matter how many Safari windows I have open, Final Cut is open, compressor can be open, a whole lot of other things can be open, and I just don't have any problem. So I can heartily recommend this machine. Yes, it's expensive. There's no question about it. You have to figure out what you do with your machine and whether it's worth it. Um, I've also got one of the uh, the MacBook Airs, the M1 MacBook Airs. That is a super capable machine. Uh, it does not perform as well on the video side for me, but it is a super capable machine, and I can recommend that one too. But with this, if you're looking from, for some serious power and have the need for it, go ahead and spend the money. I promise you won't be disappointed. That's a Mac Voices briefing on the MacBook Pro M1 Max. If I can answer any questions or whatever, please drop me a link, chuck at macvoices.com, or use the contact form on the Mac Voices site. I'll be back with more. Until then, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page. And get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.